It is Monday, April 17th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. Back from a restful weekend. My man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well as we are presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. And you know who can afford a bunch of games? None other than Pablo Lopez, who inked a four-year, $73.5 million extension early Monday morning with his new team, the Minnesota Twins. Not a huge shocker here. No, I think they've been trying to do this since they tr- traded for him, to be honest with you. I mean, they they knew exactly what they were getting with Pablo. Uh, they understood what they were giving up. Uh, but he has been incredible for them uh, this year. And they just love everything about him. They love his work ethic. They love the leadership in the clubhouse. Obviously, what he can do on the field, the results are there. And they rewarded him. And I think that um, they're beginning to see um, – a, a kind of a different type of team being built there in Minnesota. When you bring in these guys who honestly, man, typically don't get brought into Minnesota, like a Carlos Correa. And then you go trade for a, an ACE caliber pitcher, like Pablo Lopez, uh-huh. like that doesn't happen all the time there. So now that they have them and they've locked them up, uh, things are trending upward. So shout out Pablo, shout out the twins. They're doing some good things there. Really smart move by the twins people say well why'd lopez do this he still was two years away from free agency so good for him to get his bag could he have gotten 100 mil on the open market in two years it's not possible but you know he'll still be in his early 30s by the time he hits the free agent market yet again and great move by the twins because 80 percent or 60 percent of their starting rotation is going to be free agent after this year right sunny gray uh molly and kenta maeda are all off the books after this year so they had to get somebody there for the foreseeable future uh, as I said, today's show is presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. Has a wide variety of game modes from league mode, where users play through an entire season, to live play-by-play. Have over two thousand player cards to collect and use in your dream roster. Most up-to-date rosters, team logos, ballparks, unis, and oh, so much more. And they're introducing new historic Hall of Fame players to MLB Nine Innings roster as well. Larry Walker. Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Michael Jack Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman. So I want you to go download and play MLB 9 Innings 23 today with the link in the description. You'll thank me for it later. All right, I am wearing a Cubs hat in honor of one Cody Bellinger. The Cubbies took a two out of three at Chavez Ravine this weekend. Really interesting series for him. Uh, his first plate appearance, we have the standing ovation. And then, of course, he gets called for the pitch clock violation. Then on Saturday, uh, he had the stolen home run where he took it away from Jason Hayward and kind of played it up out in center field where he was like, okay, go <laughs> ahead and boo me. Then on Sunday, he mashed a home run off his old teammate Julio Urias as well. After Saturday's game, he was just talking about how much fun he was having in his return home. I think it was all out of love. I enjoyed the moment. There's a lot of banter going on in the outfield between us these last few games, and I'm just having a blast uh, just being out there and, um, you know, just enjoying it. All right, Ploofy, do you think most baseball fans still think of Bellinger as that guy who won the uh, MVP in 2019 and kind of shocked the world and was off to a monumental young start in his career, or the dude who seemingly has kind of lost his way at the plate the last couple of years? I think we all have a little bit of recency bias, and we probably think of Cody as a guy that lost his way. Uh, but I just talked about this on Talking Baseball. Like In L.A., it's a little different. I think if you're talking about the general baseball fan, they probably think that way. 
uh, with the Dodgers fans, the feelings are much stronger. The emotions are much stronger because this is a guy who, you know, very, very well could have played his entire career uh, with the Dodgers. It looked like that was going to be the case. Like this is a guy you're going to lock up and keep there forever. And then we had the shoulder thing in 2020, which really, really derailed uh, his young career there. The last two years, 2021 and 2022 were so bad. Um, but he did give the Dodgers amazing years at such a young age. And I think seeing him come back and now he's had a little change of scenery, which we said was going to be good for him. And I think it has uh, a new voice in his ear. Uh, he comes back and I think Dodgers fans probably realize how much they, they miss Cody Bellinger because even when he was struggling at the plate, he still did things defensively that will wow you. I mean, the guy can go win a gold glove at first base. He can go win a gold glove out in the outfield. Like he's just like an incredible athlete. So I think there's there's mixed feelings there. I would say overall, most people probably see him as the guy that's lost his way. But if he continues to kind of do what he's done, I know it's not going. He's not going crazy to start the year. Seven sixty nine OPS uh, to start right. the year. But if he does uh, find his form again, uh, I think we'll really remember the type of player that Cody Bellinger can be. And I think this this Cubs team is going to really need him to do that. And if he does. Um, kind of find his swing again and, and, and becomes the player that we know he can be. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams jockeying for, uh, you know, his services and shoot, maybe the Dodgers will be one of them bringing him back. You never know. It could be a reunion. You don't think he gets a hundred million dollar deal. Do you? It depends how this year goes. The kid's 27 I, years old. I know. I know. And his athleticism is off the charts, right? When he, and he does has a get reason on the too, base Chris. Pass, yeah, well, he has a reason why he, he struggled too. So, like that to me, like you're asking if he could get that type of deal. If he shows that he's healthy and everything's back, then yeah, I know. But Ploof, we heard this like the last few off seasons, right? He hurt his shoulder in the celebration during the playoffs in 2020. He wasn't right then. He wasn't right in 2020. But in 2022, all we heard coming into the year was he had a healthy off season. He was good to go, and his OPS was 654 significantly below average it just i i have a hard time and, and i'm rooting for him i like him i i i kind of like his vibe his like chill vibe like they've gotten some interesting memes of him on the bench over the years but yes they um, have. so i'm rooting for him but i can't help and maybe this is part of my my issue every time i see him play i say god damn that guy would have signed a 200 million dollar contract if he had worked out an extension with the Dodgers after his MVP year, right? He would have, he would have been Christian Yelich. Sure. Well, I mean, that is, I think he can find it again. He's 27 years old. He's already making 17 and a half million dollars this year, Chris. You don't think if he has a good year, some team's not going to offer him a five-year deal to bring him to age 32, 33. Like I, it's a possibility. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Right. Um, but he, like I said, he has that kind of, it's not an excuse, but there's a reason why he struggled. I know he said last year he was healthy, but maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just said that to, you know, to help himself out mentally. Um, I, I, just, I got some feelings. When I saw him back in LA uh, in front of that crowd, I, I got some feelings, man. It made me remember, I was happy for him. remember the good times, I guess. Right. Uh, because he right. is a really beloved uh, player in the big leagues. Like there's not many people out there that don't like Cody Bellinger. And that exactly. that that plays too. You talk about this. You got me stuck on this hundred million dollar thing now because that's a really good question. Um, 
that plays in that factor. That factors into that decision as well. We'll see. Um, Garrett Cole, another dominating performance. Boy, he and Luis Castillo in the American League in particular are off to a couple of amazing starts. But when we talk about Yankee pitchers, let's focus on what happened Saturday. Domingo Herman was off to a sensational start, and then the fourth inning comes along, and as he's walking back out to the mound, he gets greeted by the umpires who are start looking at his hand. Apparently, he had had rosin on his hand, and they had told him to go wash it and clean it off, and when he returned, he hadn't cleaned it off the entire way. They, they looked at it. There's a bunch of Yankees around him, including Aaron Boone. Well, anyway, they let him go out, continue the game. He threw a gem on Saturday. Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager, comes out and is like, what the hell are y'all doing? Why is he staying in the game? Baldelli gets tossed afterward. Here's why he was so ticked. Pertaining to uh, a rule that's been a very, you know, it's been a focal point of a lot of discussion. Um, and he failed to do what he was asked to do. And, um, you know, rid himself of something that, that he was carrying on his hand. That's all. And uh, when he returned, and it was still on there partially, you know, and, and on part of his hand, um, I didn't think there was really any question that, the, you know, he should be removed from the game, and, and that's it. Did the umpires handle this the right or wrong way? I go back and forth on this, Blinks. I think they did handle it the right way. Um, rosin is a legal substance, and so it's interesting to me already that they asked him to wash it off if you have rosin on your hand and they and they confirmed that what that's what it was if james hoy is like this is rosin then why does he have to wash it off his hand if it's not mixed with anything else i don't know why he has to wash it off his hand so but if you do ask him to wash it off his hand and he doesn't do it then yeah i feel like there should be some sort of i don't know if punishment's the right word there should be some like they should at least go say Go do it now. We This is the second time we've told you. Now you know what a father feels like telling his son. Sometimes you got to tell him twice to do something. Maybe they should have made him wash it off. So I kind of, I understand where Rocco's coming from. I understand where James Hoy is coming from because it's a legal substance. And, you know, it's for as much grief as I give pitchers about not wanting sticky stuff and not wanting uh, illegal substances on the field. If they're using rosin and it makes their hands sticky, which that's exactly what it's supposed to do. I don't really know where the confusion comes from other than the fact that they told him to wash it off and he didn't. So it's kind of like you can see it from, from both sides here, but I'll probably lean on allowing him to stay in the game if it was just rosin. Now, he did say, Chris, that he doesn't use the rosin that's on the field, that he has his own rosin, like buy it in the bench. That, Bingo. That's where it gets a little shady to me. Hey, That's where it gets a little a shady to shady. me. But. But again, if James Hoy, the umpire, who's the guy making the calls here, if he says that he saw that it was just rosin, which, and I don't know if he's a foreign substance expert because I don't think any of these guys are, but if it's just rosin, like that's well within the rules to keep on pitching. That is the problem. If it happens while he's in plain sight on the playing field and we see him popping the rosin bag in the air like a lot of guys do, we live with it. We understand it. Even hitters are like, yeah, no big deal. When he is using, when he's applying something, whether it's in the clubhouse or in the dugout or whatever it is, and he comes out back out, those guys, it's not like TSA pre-check, you know, where we're scanning guys as they're coming back on the field. We don't know that that's rosin if he came back from the clubhouse with something sticky on his hands. That, I think, is what Baldelli is trying to say. Like, hold on here. Like, when he's, when 
he's got something sticky on his hands and he leaves the field, fine. You damn well better wash it off because I don't know what you're doing in there. I don't know. And we're asking the umpires to go into an area where they shouldn't be asked. What Major League Baseball has to do today, and of course they won't because it's Major League Baseball, is come out with a statement to either back James Hoy or tell the fan base why it was wrong, which I'm sure they won't do. But they need to do it. They need to get out there and explain what happened. Because if not, you're going to have a bunch of people that are just going to kind of roll out of the uh, dugout now with sticky shit on their hands, and they're going to say, yeah, it's rosin. Look, it's rosin. It's It's wrong. It's ridiculous. There are some people who say, well, the reason it happened and he got with it is because he's wearing pinstripes. I'm not going to go oh. that far. I don't I don't believe that. I, I believe that. that. Just, I believe that. Those freaking Yankees. Unreal. <laughs> I just believe I, that's social media fodder. That You shouldn't be able to have your own rosin bag in the dugout. I agree with that. Like It should be the one that everybody uses because guess what? I've seen many pitchers. You know how hitters have their their own uh, like or they have the pine tar rag. It's like a and when you get to the big leagues, it's a nice like book that you open up and it's a towel. It's a beautiful thing, man. I I love a nice pine tar rag. Pitchers also have them, or they used to have them, and they're like little ones like this. Chris, look how little it is. So cute, right? You're not even looking at me. Ah, they have their own little pine adorable. tar rag. So guys do have like their own stuff. It's they're not supposed to. Uh, we're trying to get rid of that. I don't think you should be able to have your own rosin bag in the dugout. And he says it's because he doesn't want to waste time with the pitch clock and he just does it himself in there. Then he goes and pitches. I don't buy that at all. So I'm on James Hoy's side here if it was just rosin, but let's get that freaking bag out onto the field because I want to see it. Yeah, it was it was preposterous. It was ridiculous. And I understand why Rocco Belli was so pissed Me too. Off. Go Rocco, dude. Get that fire, baby. I like that. Yeah. Well, the minute that happened, we knew that it was going to be something interesting out there. Uh, you're probably, since we're now a couple weeks into the season, you're watching a lot of baseball during the week, and you say, okay, well, I, I want to be able to watch my games, and I want to have a nice dinner. Well, let our friends from HelloFresh take care of you, because it takes the hassle out of mealtime, this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your front door. So skip the checkout lines because HelloFresh has dinner covered for you tonight. For somebody like myself or Trevor who are true baseball fans and also want to be there for their families and lend a helping hand in the kitchen, this is perfect. HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes. More than 40 recipes, over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from each and every week. So here's the deal. You spend less time in the kitchen, quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple, chicken tacos, and falafel power bowls. They're ready in 15 minutes or less. Boom. Sit down. Watch your favorite baseball players, your favorite baseball team, and get a hearty meal on top of it. Mm. And you don't worry if you're uh, not a pro in the kitchen because HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive in pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. It's that simple. And we want to save you money. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Today50. Use the code Today50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. That is HelloFresh.com slash Today50. Start using America's number one meal prep kit a day. Makes me hungry when I talk about stuff like that. Mm. You know that? I'm hungry too. Pete Alonzo 
hit his league-leading eighth homer last night. Ninth inning, down a run at the Coliseum in Oakland, tied it up. Mets end up winning it in extras. They sweep the series out by the bay. The more and more you watch Alonzo, do you think he gets a $200 million deal? I think he does, unless he wants to sign early with the Mets and give them some sort of discount. I think if he hits free agency and he has and continues to be the player that he is, I think he will get that. Um, I think there's an article here I'm looking at, John Morosi saying it's going to take eight years, $200 million to lock him up. There's some comparables. Uh, Matt Olson signed a, a deal with the Braves with two years of arbitration left. Now, Pete has one year after this of arbitration. He signed this year for like 14 and a half. Uh, and the numbers offensively between those two are are pretty comparable. So Pete's put himself into that upper echelon of power hitters in this league. And we know those guys get paid. Uh, there are a couple issues um, that might prevent them from doing a deal just yet, uh, particularly like that luxury tax, the Steve Cohen tax. The Mets will be able to kind of reset the clock if they didn't do that. Um, so that's something they'll look forward to. Uh, but I think... In the end, when this contract does get done, whether it's by the Mets or he does reach the open market, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that's right around where he'll get is right around, I would say, between 185 and 210. So to answer your question, I'll say, yes, he's going to get $200 million because he slugged his way into the conversation. No doubt about it. Oh, this is a tough one. I had a tough time answering my own question here. Okay. There have been... I think I'm on this one. I, I checked in on a couple of places. There have been 28 contracts worth at least $200 million handed out. How many of them have gone to first baseman? Probably not many of them. I had to guess. Yeah. Three. Three, okay. Pujols. Miguel Cabrera. Joey Votto. What do they all have in common? They all won MVPs before inking those extensions or deals. Pete Alonso, as great a player as he is, will not be winning the MVP anytime soon, in my opinion, in part because we now value defense so much when it comes to war, which is a huge factor in people deciding, you know, who gets the MVP and things of that nature. Like, you are strictly paying for two things with Pete Alonso. His ability to hit the ball out of the yard and his ability to be exactly who he is each and every day. And I don't underestimate that. Buck Showalter recently had a quote. He said he's just a consistent human being, home, away, spring training. Pete is the same guy who walks through the door every day and has a real consistent mentality. In this sport in particular, that is a big-time deal. And in New York, you really pay a premium. So I would say his best opportunity, believe it or not, is if he does stay in New York because – People have done. We've seen guys go up to whether it's City Field or in the Bronx as free agents, and it looks like they've never played baseball before. Pete Alonso has grown up in this system, knows how to handle the bad with the good, and I think that should be worth something over the lifetime of a contract. So I think he maxes out at two hundred mil. But if he hits the free agent market, oddly enough, I don't think he. I think he ends up at one seventy, one seventy five. I think the AAV will be there depending. It just depends on if teams, if he goes to free agency, if teams were willing to give him the amount of years to, to get to 200. Um, but, you know, something you mentioned, all those guys, only three people first baseman have gotten uh, those contracts. 
times are a little different now. We have the universal DH, which obviously plays into his favor. He's a hitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I, I would just call him a hitter. I don't even think you need to call him a first baseman. Although like, I don't know. Has he been that bad at first base? Has he been that bad? No, but you're not paying one lick for. You don't pay many first basemen for what they bring defensively over there. Some of them can do it. That, I understand that's my that. Point. And first base is first base has actually become like a revolving type door, almost like the DH uh, can yes. be. Like you're putting guys over there that I mean, you, you look around the league and who's playing first base, uh, even for the for the Twins. Um, Solano playing first base is interesting. And you have, you know, Jake Cronenworth playing first base. Like, so you're not really paying for defense over there. Pete Alonso is a hitter. Like I said, I think the AAV will be there just depending on the years that he gets. Uh, but this dude mashes, man. And he's like, I feel like he's a guy that you can, that sells tickets that people want to go see play. Like kids know Pete Alonso. Like he's, there's a lot of good things that Pete Alonso does on the field. Absolutely. He's fun. He and by the way, he'll compete every year in the home run derby. So there's that too. Yeah, I mean, it's a million dollars million every dollars. year for him. Yeah. All right, Padres' killer schedule to start the season continues tonight with the red hot Atlanta Braves paying a visit. Uh, the Braves have won six in a row. Are you more interested to see how their starting pitcher tonight, Max Freed, is when he returns to action for the first time since straining a hamstring on opening day, or to see if Juan Soto? can get going out of his early season slide. I'm going to go with Freed here, although I did see Juan Soto, you know, have some really good takes uh, on some Devin Williams change-ups, which I think is that's a good sign for him. But Max Freed, I mean, if you're looking at this Braves rotation, you know, they got Bryce Elder coming in out of nowhere, kind of doing his thing. They need Freed at the top, at the top of that rotation. I know the Braves have been playing great baseball uh, and they've, I think, two sweeps in a row for them. Uh, but I think, you know, one of their main strengths of that team is the starting pitching. And Max Fried is a massive part of that. I mean, you're counting on this guy to give you 30 starts at like a sub three ERA. Like not many people like you can count on to do that. Uh, so I want to see how he reacts coming off that hamstring. If he's fully healthy, because I think he's paramount uh, to the brave success. And, and, to, and I also want to see him go up against that lineup because it's just really fun to see a guy that's top of his game going up against a lineup that is, can absolutely mash the ball. So I'll go with Max Fried here. Uh, this is not just an early season slide for Juan Soto. This is a San Diego slide. In 68 games with them since being traded there toward the end of last season, his OPS is 773. In basically five years, five seasons with the Washington Nationals, it was 966. He is hitting just 224 for San Diego, as opposed to 291 with the Nationals. I think Juan Soto has fallen in love with taking pitches. I think people have been like, boy, Juan Soto's eye is incredible. Best we've seen since Ted Williams. And by the way, that might be the case. But I think he has lost his aggressive gene, and I don't know what's going on with him. I watch an awful lot of his at-bats. I watch a ton of Padres baseball. I think they're one of the most fascinating teams we have. But, man, he is looking to walk more than looking to do damage. Dude, be Juan Soto. Uh, there were Two years ago, I was like, he's going to be the first $500 million player. That was before Shohei just turned into this monster. Now, that's gone down by $100 million, in my opinion. It really has, because I can't pay a guy just to walk. Go do something. He says he thinks it's mechanics. 
Uh, and that to me is, I think that's better than it being something else because you can fix your mechanics. Um, but she, I don't know exactly what he's talking about because he didn't really go into specifics about it. But hitters can get so specific with something. So he needs to like, whether he needs to go back and and find out if there was a drill that he was doing in Washington that he, that he isn't doing in San Diego or the routine's a little different. Like there are times where, you know, people always tell you, hey, bottle this up. Like when you're feeling good, hey, bottle this up. Well, he was always feeling good in Washington. So I don't think he ever really thought about bottling it up. But hitters will go back in time and say, okay, let me see what I was doing. Let me remember what I was eating you know, when I was hitting during the day, how many pitch, how many swings I was taking uh, during the day, all these things matter. And he's got so many like veterans around him that have been there, done that, have gone through slumps, have got out of them. I think he'll be okay in the long run. His talent is just too good to, for him to struggle like this. Uh, but that would be, I guess my advice for him is like, go back and see exactly what you were doing and try to do that again, because all it takes Chris, man, for a guy like Juan Soto and for any big leaguer for that matter, just one, it could be one swing in a round of uh, batting practice in the cage, even like front toss, like one swing can get you back and locked in. And if you go back and find, you know, what you were doing and get back into that routine, like it kind of creates, like it gets you in that mental space, like, Oh, Oh, that's it. And then you'll just see this guy go off. I, I am, right. I am betting on a month here soon for Juan Soto where he hits like 400 and tries the baseball out of the park and isn't as so. passive that's coming. I hope so. And by the way, he's never played a game with Fernando Tatis jr. In the lineup. And that's about to change later this week. So that'll be interesting. All right. A uh, minute we've got left. I want to do this real quickly. Mets uh, broadcast team told us the hilarious story, how they had to change booths in Oakland this weekend because of the famous possum that apparently inhabits the wall inside the visiting broadcast booth and it made an appearance during an Angels series earlier this year. So do we just sit there and giggle at the possum in the Coliseum story? Or do we sit there and say, Oh my God, it just continues to literally be a shit show out in Oakland. It's, it's bad. I think this is like, I think the people that want the A's to move to Las Vegas, I'm not going to mention who those people are. They probably love this. Um, and they're like happy about it. I think if you're an Oakland A's fan and you want them to stay in Oakland, it's, it, it's, it's not funny. Like, it's like, this is ridiculous that we have to deal with it. Uh, and I just mentioned this on talking baseball. There's like a Twitter group called rooted in Oakland. I think that's their handle. And they're, they're having a, like a day during, I think it's the Rays are coming to town and they're going to like fill the, the stadium up. Maybe Dan can put that in the description here too, because I, I keep forgetting to look it up of when exactly the day is, but I think that's really cool. And if they do end up moving to Vegas and we never get to see this place filled up again, this might be the last time. Like when that place, when the team is good, the fans show up and it's one of the more raucous places in all of the big leagues, dude. It's awesome. Like when I played there and against like for the A's and against the A's, there were times where the, the, the crowd was going nuts and it was, it was awesome, dude. Uh, the people in the bleachers doing their things and it's, I want everyone to go show up to that game. So go check that out. But I think it's, I can't even say anything about the Coliseum because it's like, it's turned from like cute, funny, like, haha, that stadium is such a piece of shit to now it's like, dude, like what, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it's ridiculous. A, a possum has taken up uh, a home in your, in your press box and you can't even eradicate a possum. 
The sewage system's different, bro. You got to go into the bowels of your stadium. A possum, you can't call freaking Orkin to go out there. Like, I, that's a joke, dude. It makes me, it makes me, honestly, it makes me mad. This is the freaking big leagues. I can hear it. I, I, or maybe it's not. I think, is it possible that ownership is dropping possum into the walls? That's what I'm out? saying, Joe. They, they love this. They yeah. love it. They love I it. I know they do. No, we can't uh, get a new stadium possum, built, so we need to leave. It's like, come on. Man. Hopefully the possum gets returned to its natural habitat unharmed sometime in the near future. Uh, don't forget to check out Talking Baseball. It's the number one baseball podcast out there with Ploofy and Jimmy and Jake. You can catch that every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We are here every day for you on Baseball Today and the latest episode of the Rose Rotation. I, I'm telling you, go listen, because Lars Newtbar, the St. Louis Cardinals, one of Sunday's heroes is phenomenal. Talks about his WBC experience, his friendship with you, Darvish, Shohei Otani that blossomed over there, and oh, so much. He's a great storyteller. For a kid that's in his mid-20s, he is as sharp as they come. So if you have some time, 45 minutes, working out, driving, riding, riding a train, whatever it is, go listen. You'll really, really Love find it. him interesting. Uh, we are back on Tuesday. We'll get you all ready for Shohei and Judge in the boogie down. It's going to be good stuff. Mm. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and my man, Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.